Hello and welcome to Get Well Sooner, a podcast where we take a skeptical look at all of the things that people do to get well. My name's Sarah. Today we are talking about religion again, just straight up religion. None of that pseudoscience nonsense, just old-fashioned religion. Um, The sound in this interview is not very good because I made some mistakes, and so I just have the backup audio from Zoom um, all in one one mushy track. So apologies for the sound, and then later Gabby's internet kind of gets patchy, and she's all the way in Montreal. So, you know, I think it's still listenable if, especially if you're not an audio nerd. If you are an audio nerd, I apologize. Um, Yeah, it is what it is. I had to split up this conversation into two parts. So this first part is really about Gabby's experience, like her her brush with Mormonism. Um, And then I think Paul... Uh, gets a little bit more into things in this in what will be the second episode where we really go into like some craziness uh next episode there will be demons (laughs) there will be blood um (laughs) there's a lot of weird stuff going on with this next with next episode but this episode is really really interesting I as a non-religious person learned a lot I was quite shocked, um, and uh, I think that Gabby and Paul enjoyed sharing each other's stories because there's actually a lot of similarities between evangelical Christia- Christianity and Mormonism. Um, so I don't know. I'm not going to tell you how they feel, though. You just listen to it for yourself, and then you'll find out. All right, here we go. Gabby and Paul, Mormon correspondent, evangelical correspondent, their paths intersected spiritually, I do believe, (laughs) in a way, maybe just physically. I don't actually know when you guys met each other. I don't really know the details. So my guess is that we met at an O'Wells show. That's like my best guess. I think I feel like it was some somebody's birthday or some kind of party. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, that was during that was kind of like way before I got really into my faith, honestly. Like so so when you guys first met, you weren't like, hey, I'm Christian. Cool. I'm a also a God person. It was it didn't come up. <laughs> Not at all. I don't think so. If it did, it was just like probably me bragging about going to Madagascar that's something I right right but I talk more about lemurs than God so yeah you totally did (laughs) my band often played with another band from where we grew up and those people were part of the Mormon church I think that's how I'm pretty sure I introduced you all because oh did you yeah how else you would have met them well, they were I was booking shows house. for both of you, you bands, so I was okay. just, why not play a show together? And then you got to be friends. Yeah, well, but I mean, like, they were even in the Peak Performance Project with me. If you hadn't thrown us together, it's very possible that something else would have. 
because we, we were in the music at the same time kind of doing the same sort of thing they were just also mormon <laughs> really funny I feel like, though, it's interesting because all of us were fairly chill. I mean, I wasn't really obsessed with faith that much until this group of people came into my life and unlocked this like fervor of, I don't know, needing to understand and needing to figure things out, this like curiosity. I remember that before this happened, what you when you were working at the coffee shop, me and my friend who are working there we were really into like the universe and let's just put it out into the universe and see what happens. And you're like, oh, I could get behind the universe. Like you seem, you seemed like you were just kind of like looking for different explanations for things. And you definitely weren't like, you guys got to follow God. You were like, oh, God, the universe, same thing. Sounds, sounds good. I do remember us going to somewhere this other band was playing, maybe orchestrated by Paul. We don't know. <laughs> we can't remember. But at these shows, Tell me what happened, Gabby. This is what happened. And you're right. I have always been someone that's been super open-minded and just genuinely pretty curious about what people think and believe and like very empathetic. I'll just be like, oh, you think that? Sure. Why not? So that just keep that in mind when you're this whole episode, guys. But I was working at a different coffee shop at one summer, the summer, maybe the same summer, I might've been working at both coffee shops, I'm not sure. But, and this band came to play a concert at the coffee shop. And I mentioned some of this in another episode, but to recap, I saw this band play. And at that point I was, I'd always been a practicing Christian. I was born into a very conservative evangelical background and had never rejected that part of me. It was always just, eh, it's there, I guess I believe in God. Jesus is cool. But at that point, I was kind of like really trying to figure out like, what did I actually think? I was older, wiser, like trying to figure that out a little bit more. And just so happened that this band got up there and they had this really cool vibe about them. Very artsy, fartsy, just interesting vibe. And they played him. And I thought, oh, wow, these guys must be Christian. This is so cool. I need to get into this group of people. And I went up to them after the show and I said, hey, are you guys Christian by any chance? And they were like, yeah, this is awesome. Yeah, we're Christian. Come hang out with us. And of course, I was very excited and they took me the next day. So they picked me up and took me to church with them the next day. And I was so stoked because I guess I'd been craving like an alter, an alt group, not kind of like the boxy people that I've been sorry people that I go to church with but I was just craving like something new and yeah we went to the Mormon church together for the first time and this is like now I feel like yeah I'd love to get into it was such an interesting vibe the vibe at this church was totally different than the vibe at my normal evangelical church if it's hard to put into words like it felt very extremely happy extremely sure of themselves hey I know all the secrets of the world and like even more so than Christians that I felt they felt super like convinced about everything and like in that they were really happy I guess but I was interested because Christians also claim to know the like secrets of the world kind of have that surety but I feel like they're a lot more like shaky in their faith a lot of the time. 
I don't know, but th that's a very like keepstone thing to feel that I felt right away with Mormonism is that there was like such strong faith. Everyone had very strong faith. But it, Paul, do you feel like that was true <laughs> through your experience? I mean, there's so much. I mean, I was just trying to remember my role in there because I vaguely remember maybe it was your second time you called me out of the mm -hmm. blue and were like, can I come to church with you on Sunday? <laughs> Because I remember wow. taking you like three or four weeks in a row. Yeah, uh, maybe. Around probably maybe after that very initial time. And yeah. Uh, yeah, just sort of your commentary to me that I remember was that it was like quieter and more conservative than what you were used to. Maybe in mm. the music and the speakers kind of like. That was probably know, like, yeah, my very first have, like, impression. Preachers or anything. It's just like everyone takes turns talking and sometimes Which that now can I mean, think very quiet, reserved there's no elect electric guitar there's there's an organ like, band they don't yeah. allow they don't allow anything other than like piano organ harp like <laughs> violin like I don't even think you could bring in a guitar most of the time it depends on who your local leaders are but technically you're not supposed to have any electric or any sort of rock music I mean even I remember I was just reminded someone was talking about like the issues with funerals at Mormon churches and my uncle wanted to play some like rock music that was like him and my dad's band at my dad's funeral and they told him like no you can't do that and it was kind of a big deal so like they are not even if it's like a funeral tribute to the person they don't allow it if it's someone who's following the rules is that anyway. like a revelation from the prophet <laughs> yeah i don't know if it's like a revelation from the prophet but it's one of those things that's in the like secret guide books for leadership where it is considered and treated like it's the gospel from the prophet even if they're not preaching it over pulpits so wow we're like I remember mobile games and coca-cola I mean caffeine was like mobile big one mobile games oh no mobile. did I make that like games on your phone in the church you're not allowed to to I think just in general just what that that's not true at all. But <laughs> okay. Maybe some, someone told you it was. up on the streets. And caffeine, yeah, caffeine and Coca-Cola <laughs> is a common one. A lot of Mormons won't drink caffeine or Coca-Cola, but the rules mm -hmm. actually, we, Sarah and I have talked about this on our show, hot drinks, yeah. which originally wasn't <laughs> even drinks. coffee and tea, but it's been eventually turned into don't drink coffee or tea. Or maybe. No hot drinks. But you can have a caffeinated Coca-Cola. That's fine. Although some Mormons will tell you it's not but that's not anyway. But I never really met anyone who thought this was ridiculous, like at that time, unless you did, but you never said so if that you were thought, true. Which was ridiculous. Which like, <laughs> I'm not allowed to have caffeine. Like this is just bullshit. I should be allowed to have coffee or like anyone who was like upset about this. It's cause like you're- I mean, I was raised in it. So I, I didn't so know what I was missing. Exactly. Yeah. I knew a few people that had converted though. Recently. Yeah, the one of the main guys in that band was a recent convert to Mormonism and was super keen mm -hmm. on sharing that with other people as well. And he was like, I love that I can't drink coffee anymore. It's the, the new, best. The new converts were also stoked on the caffeine thing, or were they like, I love love this church, but god damn it, I really love tea. We did have a lot of issues as a missionary myself, I know, trying to get people to stop drinking tea and coffee and smoking and drinking and stuff. So I mean that's Clearly, probably, if you're trying to actually follow the rules, 
the ones that would be the toughest because it's just like habitual and substances that you probably don't want to give up cold turkey if you consume them even right. semi-regularly. Right. But no, something you, Gabby. Sorry? Nobody complained to you though. No. And it's funny now that I think about back to it, like I saw it as they're very like old fashioned, the everything set up in this kind of like locked in time sort of aspect to the church. But, and I, on the other hand, thought that my church experience was so contemporary, but like we have guitars and like we, I can have a glass of wine or whatever. But at the same time, at, at it was the same level of like dogma intensity, like just in different formats. I used to think that I was kind of through the whole experience, which we can go into, but it was very much like pitched to me as this is warped version of Christianity where the devil can get you. And like, it's bad, like it's dangerous. And now, I, now it's like it's taking a step back. I think all cults are dangerous. It's not like there's one necessarily more dangerous. I mean, yes, there is. I should say that there are really dangerous cults, but <laughs> when comparing the two, yeah. I know exactly like Christianity is like the way, of course, that's what you would say in a cult. And then Mormonism is very dangerous. So when we were working at that coffee shop together, I remember at first you were like bringing in, you brought in the Book of Mormon and you highlighted things and me and Evie, we found it. We were like, whoa, because you left it there. <laughs> we were like, oh my God. Which is a strange thing to just find in my cubby or whatever. It was just like, it was just on the desk. I really, I have a really vivid memory of it. It was just like, were you concerned? This? No. What did you I, think? I would, we just thought it was funny because we thought that you were just really obsessed with the guy. And we were like, this is oh, so yeah. funny. Like she's reading the Book of Mormon and trying to make sense of this crazy stuff because she really likes this guy. So that's what we thought. But later you were like, you, then you were like, actually, after this whole thing happened, you were like, actually Mormonism is the devil. And I was like, whoa, the devil is doing such a bad job if the devil is telling you don't drink coffee don't have sex before marriage don't like we the devil has like the most restrictive version of christianity like to me that was very funny as well because i was just like isn't the devil supposed to be like come on down and have lots of sex and do lots of drugs and like I was so, I thought that was so weird that you were like no this is how the devil gets you the, the devil gets you in Mormonism <laughs> it's interesting though because as you're talking about this it's like Mormons totally believe other brands of Christianity are like warped version of Mormons believe they're restored proper Christianity right that's one of the main claims so it's totally they wouldn't frame it that way, I don't think, although the Book of Mormon totally calls the Catholic Church like a great whore and abomination or something <laughs> to that effect. Great whore upon all the waters or something. There's some spicy language being used, but uh, I just bring they're that They're going to say yes. that. That's, they feel that oh, yeah. way. Wow. Yeah. No, even if they don't preach it on Sundays, there's, there's some stuff in there. But yeah, no, it's just interesting to hear that's the view from one side, that's the view from the other. And then even Sarah, like, I agree with you on in the sense of the obvious way to look at it as well. The devil should be trying to get them to do way worse. But the idea within Mormonism was that, like, that's how the devil gets you just through little things like 
he doesn't need you to be like horrifically a monster. He just needs you to miss the mark on the aims of true Christianity or Which the makes, true gospel yeah. of Jesus Christ. It makes Christ sense in terms of uh, terms of fear based like tactics because you weren't not going to go have an orgy so so but you have to keep people like afraid I think so being like but if you just do this thing that you are likely to do a little bit different that's the devil because otherwise you're just in this group and you're like well the devil's definitely not here because we're all being pretty good (laughs) so it's kind of like you got to bring you got to up the stakes a little bit otherwise the devil's everywhere in all of these orgies the devil is everywhere but it just, uh, just like, now i'm gonna get hate mail no you do you folks listeners believers i don't know why this is just our this is experience. the way i feel too coming out about some of these topics is actually like i feel like someone's gonna come find me and attack me right. <laughs> these yeah <laughs> it feels very revealing and very because it goes to show how what messages we pro- we were raised with which is you never question this like you never because if you veer off the path again just like a little bit people are gonna start like thinking you're like a oh gosh judging essentially judging you and all of a sudden you're gonna be getting prayer circles around you and I remember one time I quit my job at the coffee shop at blends (laughs) did we say yeah at blends and all because I really wanted to, well, a few things. I think we saw the last Harry Potter movie together <laughs> that night, maybe. Oh, no, yeah, that was me. Not. That was me and Evie. We closed the, we closed Lens early. Oh, that was so, you guys. And then we got in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> I did the same thing. I closed Lens early and it, then that makes sense. It was not just, not that, but to go on a road trip slash like tour with this group of musicians that were Mormon and very cool. So I thought at the time. And so I went on the spontaneous road trip. I ditched work. And I remember telling my roommate at the time, who was a Christian, hey, I'm doing this. I just really want to go. And she's like, don't do this, Gabby. This is your soul is in jeopardy. Don't go. Look at what you're doing. You're like leaving work early. This is bad. And when I came home from this road trip, which was a terrible time, like I hated every minute of it. It was torturous. Where did you go? You went to like scenic Lillooet or something? Yeah, something like some like local place. And we stayed billeted at some people's homes. But it was mainly because it was brought up beforehand. I had a big crush on one of the guys. And that's like definitely a factor in all of this. But I think it was just like a painfully awkward time. But when I came back, my roommate, I came home and there was a bunch of people in the apartment praying for me. (laughs) (laughs) And I knew that other people around the world were also praying for me. Like it was, wow, it was crazy. People were really worried. It's just, yeah. But it's almost like relieving to hear in a way that like Mormons would have felt the same way. And Mormons have prayer circles in every temple where you can put in names of people and Positive, my name's probably been dropped in the box a few times over the last seven or eight years since I've been out. It's funny. There's a lot of parallels as well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there are. That's what I kept thinking. I, it's funny because like, to me, I'm like, these seem like the same thing. <laughs> it is very weird to be like, what? oh, you're praying because you went 
they're praying because you, I mean, first of all, quit a very shitty minimum wage job where our boss spied on us with secret cameras. I mean, the cameras weren't secret, but anyways, he was creepy. And then went on a road trip, but not like to California, just like to somewhere else in in BC. Yeah. (laughs) Not that far away. And then you, you were probably doing church things. I don't, well, I don't know what you were doing, but nothing, you didn't go to uh, nothing. a rave. Or we weren't drinking coffee. <laughs> we weren't. Yeah. Just, and then you came back mm-hmm. and everyone's like, oh, so worried. Yeah. It just seems like there's like, <laughs> I feel like if you had quit. The spiritual battle. Yeah. If like, you'd quit and gone on a road trip with me, maybe we would have ended up in some bad situations at that time. At one point, I remember while I was on tour, I ended up somewhere in Saskatoon that was a place that was full of saws and everybody was doing acid and I was like this this seems bad (laughs) so so the idea you're everyone's like praying for you and they're really like watching Disney movies (laughs) you'll say like I could see that musical group that band showing up to a place full of saws but then they would like let's sing hymns yeah and record it for YouTube yeah. Yes. Shtick. That's true. Exactly. Anyway, but yeah, I mean, it's interesting, yeah, to sort of hear some of this perspective. But I mean, to be fair, mm-hmm. I was thinking I'd be concerned if 10, 20 years, more than that, I don't have any kids to begin with. So I need 20, 30 years to get to this point. But if I had a kid investigating Mormonism, I mean, granted, they'd probably have some kind of connection to it through me. But like, I would be concerned whether I was Christian or not in other Mm. senses. And there are aspects of it where if you do study about it, it was the more I've studied it after leaving, it was sort of Joseph Smith mingling Christianity with American like folk magic and the occult and psychics and all that fun stuff. Realistically, Mormonism should be this really cool, (laughs) all-encompassing universalist religion. When you think about all the things that Joseph Smith drew from, but then he said, no, you have to follow my specific interpretation that's constantly changing of this. Yeah, Um, he seemed like like pretty shitty as a person. I mean, a couple 14-year-old brides, it was not a good place to start. Not a good Mm -hmm. guy to be following, Mm -hmm. in my opinion, and you don't hear about that when you're in it, but no, just... Yeah, sort of thinking along these lines. I get why they'd be concerned. It's not, we're not trying to say there's nothing there. And I'm thinking of even cultural things. Like you, let's say you meet a guy in Mormonism, get married in a Mormon temple. One of the saddest things I've really thought about since leaving is how sad it must be for the parents who don't get to go in and see their kids getting married. If they get married in a Mormon temple, you can't go unless you have the Mormon card to get into the temple. So like my grandmother didn't get to see a couple of her kids get married because it was in a Mormon temple. My parents got married in a chapel, so yeah. it's fine. But there's stuff like that where it is like, and some people cut their families what out is their with lives this? because they get very into the Mormonism and want to like avoid people who mm-hmm. might pull them out of it or distract them from it. So, I mean, depending on who you wind up with or how you treat it yourself, it's very it true. can be a scary thing. But I mean, I it can be in other yeah. sex as well. I would never like sign you up for a lifelong cult if you went on a road trip with me. <laughs> we might get in some sketchy situations back then because I had no context about who is trustworthy. But yeah, yeah. it's not. Oh, and then suddenly you have you're a sister wife. <laughs> I don't know. That's yeah, a, it's a possibility with Mormonism. It, 
I know it's FLDS, but you know. I mean, yeah, the sister wife thing. I guess technically if it's a second wife situation in the afterlife, Mormons, mainstream right. ones, still do believe in polygamy. Right, right. I thought you were going to say something else. I thought you were going to say, oh, in the afterlife, it's Mormon's main income stream <laughs> to have many wives. No, it's a little side thing where a lot of people are talking about polygamy and Mormons and stuff. And the leaders be like, we haven't practiced polygamy in over 100 years. But technically, the top two leaders in Mormonism right now both have polygamous relationships in their mind because... They've been, their spouses have passed away and they've been remarried and they believe in the afterlife. They will at least have those two wives and possibly more, but they won't ever frame it like that because they don't believe regular marriage is anything. It has to be temple marriage to be anything. And they have two wives as far as their temple marriage is concerned. You know, it's always half of the picture and show the other half and hide the other half. And it's hilarious because part of the big thing in the Mormon temple is like Satan gives you fact mingled with or falsities. Like a lot of Mormonism is like only showing half the picture and covering up the gross parts that people don't want to talk about. There was a girl I remember in this group that was like a fairly new convert to Mormonism and I was starting to get into challenging them on things. I would come in with my like Christian theology and be like, let's battle this out. And I'd have like points and I was always terrible. I like, they always had amazing like answers for everything. Mormon apologetics is a huge thing. You have to come up with answers to the Christians yeah. and the atheists. At least you're able to sort of put them at, yeah, because there are so many issues with Mormonism and but if you don't if you don't study yes. them, you can't argue against them necessarily because you don't know the whole picture. It's hard enough for me, and I know the right. stuff pretty well. And if you believe it to your core, like you're going to find some way to explain oh, yeah. it and just pass it off like true. Put it on the shelf. And this girl, put it on the shelf. Put it on the shelf. Turn off the light or whatever. Yeah, these are sayings. And this girl like didn't know the whole thing about the planets. And I was bringing that up and I was asking like, so tell me about this. You guys believe that when you die, you become a God and will go be God on another planet. And this girl was like, no, she was like adamant. She was like, that's no way we believe that. And they were like, mm, yeah, <laughs> yes, we do. <laughs> and she was like, what? <laughs> you just missed that when you were getting baptized that small detail they're not gonna tell you about yeah like until the internet really made a lot of this stuff readily available and even now like people won't believe you they'll say it's like anti-mormon lies but i didn't know mm. for sure that joseph smith had lots of wives until the last 10 years when i was getting ready to leave like they kept that under wraps you knew brigham right. young had wives because that was too much to hide i guess and if you go to utah you can go through his house and they're like and these are all the different bedrooms for all of his different wives all the secrets anyway, there's so much but the, yeah it's yeah a lot it's interesting like one of the big mormon podcasts out there is, is mormon stories some ex-mormons love it some hate it the host is very polarizing but a big thing he always brings up is he's not trying to bring people out of the church it's all about just like people deserve to know the full picture and then decide like he doesn't want you to not believe it if it's working for you and i'm sort of adopted a similar way where but you should learn about these different doctrines and stuff but lots of mormons do kind of compartmentalize mm -hmm. what do i believe i mean and when you talk to anyone in any religion eventually you realize everyone's got their own kind of 
understanding and to them that's the real thing yeah. so they can argue and based on that too it's like i want to say healthy but i think if you have are part of a religious group and you have your you're at the point where you're able to say you know what i'm making my own thing for myself that works for me that i think is right i don't agree with this i don't agree with this but these things i can get a I can get behind. I think that's a really great place to be. And, but when it's a part of, when you're a part of a community that demands like so much of you, I don't know, maybe that's the point in which you like should probably understand like the whole, like not letting family in to see you get married. Okay, well I should probably, if I'm going to go this deep in, I should, it's one of those things that I should probably understand more. And there's the, the TV show that was based on the true crime under the banner of heaven and it's about more mormons who are like discovering like that's the secret blood atonement yeah, and stuff. like the stuff that the church is keeping quiet about and it's maybe there's a reason maybe there's a reason that they don't want maybe it's there could be horrible consequences if a bunch of men found out what their god big prophet figure or whatever thought was okay and so that's I can see how some people might have a problem with the Mormon stories guys saying that because it because the only the problem is like if people find out what's going on and they're and then they're like okay I still feel good about it those people are like really sexist and racist (laughs) those people are messed up it is I was literally just listening to a Mormon stories episode and it is like a Mormon apologist they don't normally get like active Mormons to come on the show but they got one and as he's describing yeah no I understand how it might not but it works for me and but the way he was just sort of like the it's like he's describing the things that might be issues but no I never had a faith crisis despite the fact I learned and it what struck me I didn't expect was thinking about, well, what does that say about someone's moral code and their ethics? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I heard Joseph Smith married one of the one of his adopted 14-year-old daughters and kept it secret from his wife and everybody. But it didn't bother me. I mean, he didn't say that, but essentially he's saying, I don't have a problem with all of this laundry list of issues. And that's obviously one of the ones that's been on my mind lately. And I've been listening to some podcasts with FLDS people who escaped and were married off at 14, which makes it that much more real when you start thinking about these stories. But yeah, it's, I don't think he's necessarily a bad person, but it does put up red flags to me where, yeah, you're talking about ideally spirituality and spirituality and religion should be using your conscience and what feels right to me within reason you shouldn't be doing things against what you think is like a morally the right thing to do but religion can push people to do all sorts of things that are beyond what they would normally find acceptable which is frightening to me i'm not saying all religions do that but there's that potential there whether it's little i don't want to say little things but mild sexism or whatever versus like under the banner of heaven like murdering people and stuff under but like and anytime it's pushing you beyond what you would normally think is right or wrong, it starts to get really frightening when you start breaking it down and thinking about what is this guy actually saying when he's okay with this stuff? And it never made him doubt his faith at all, not even a little. And for the men in, in, in that show, and I guess in that real story, it like confirmed 
like their misogyny that was inside of them that like we all have because mm-hmm. just we all have it and like it it felt oh you know what I am allowed to kill my wife if she doesn't do the things I want and I am allowed to take my adopted daughters and have them be my sister wives it takes because we do all have like bad things in us and that's and I think I don't want to be like oh gosh I don't want to bring up Donald Trump but I do think that like when you have somebody who's in a position of power saying oh yeah no it's okay this is good then but suddenly there's a bunch of people who are like oh I guess it's okay to like take all of my like white supremacist inside feelings and make them outside things like a lot of people like wouldn't have acted on certain some of those things and I kind of feel like with the religion it's similar where it's like some people might may not feel like maybe people might be homophobic being like oh I don't like that but they wouldn't be like you're gonna go to hell unless they had have this people in power and doctrine and they feel righteous when they get to do it well that's like human nature yeah right to build off one another and it's all about there are like evolutionary things inside us that are driving us to create groups tribalism uh, tribalism and to other people and it feels good on some level to find other people that agree with you and will make somebody else the reason that we have problems in life that's you get into sapiens type of stuff from Noah Yuval Harari's book and yeah that whole mentality is just wired into us kind of like anxiety is and we're just now maybe becoming slightly aware of how much it impacts us and how it impacts us. This is how I like, yeah, describe to people like how I can't live and let live (laughs) with a lot of the spirituality and wellness things because it is, it's enabling a lot of people. Like it's not. But then there's, there's a difference too between questioning spiritual practices and religions and having conversations and like outright disrespecting them I think so you should uh, be my new blasphemy nail set (laughs) yeah listen to the podcast (laughs) I've done with you and say I'm blaspheming left and right like I I'd like to think I'm more like let me ask questions that were questions I had to ask myself especially when it pertains to Mormonism but yeah with any spiritual practice or any type of leader you're following it should be okay to ask questions. It should be okay if they're respectful. Ask for justification in what you're saying. But I mean, then again, when you get it shouldn't down be to it with like religion, the norm. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's okay to make fun of Christians because they're the majority and they're oppressors. Anyways, you should, if people should check out my new blasphemy special, it's got Mary, like Guadalupe doing lots of like girl power stuff. And then Jesus, is, do I believe in me? And- it's I think everyone's gonna like it. yeah <laughs> yeah but oh my gosh yeah no it's literally go to my Instagram page I'll post it today I I'm really into the aesthetic of blasphemy okay <laughs> the aesthetic of blasphemy yeah. is fantastic wow I can't wait <laughs> I can't yeah. wait but Gabby yeah I, I just think Oh, sorry. I was just going to say, I kept assuming that you're, that you were just doing this for a guy, which is like not necessarily true. That's what my like little, whatever, 20, 21 year old brain was thinking, I guess. But 
what percentage was yeah was it about a guy and what percentage was it about like just wanting something to where finding people who really believed in what they believed in when you were kind of feeling like more wishy-washy and you liked that everyone's like yeah this is true Man, there's so much for me. I guess a huge part of it, like being honest, was definitely the crush. But, you know, it's that age. I mean, yeah, it was what it was. But I think most of it wasn't necessarily like I wanted to find these friends that like were sure in their faith. Actually, like their surety almost creeped me out. And I was so fascinated by it, but not in a Oh yeah, that I want to be super sure in my faith. Like I've actually never really wanted, maybe I have, but I was more like, I guess just extremely curious about how they were like so faithful and how they seemed so, I was just curious about Mormonism. I think that was a huge part of it. I think it was maybe, honestly, I think it might've been 50-50. Maybe that's a cop out. Maybe it was 60-40. 60-40 crush, 40% really interested in what the heck this Mormonism thing was. Why was everyone freaking out around me? And it was helping me learn my own faith, I guess, at the same time or what I did or didn't believe. But there was a point where I was so convinced I was like ready to become a Mormon. I was like, oh, right, sign me up. Like I'm going to become a Mormon. Were you meeting with the missionaries? That was, I got pretty far in. Yeah, yeah all the time I was meeting I, I, was, so. they, yeah. I was going to missionary meetings all the time yeah I wish I talked to you more about it during this time actually Paul that would have been so nice because you've never you you were slash never have been like pushy in any way and these guys were so pushy if you talk um, about it honestly Paul, and I, there's other girls that like you maybe you would be Mormon today if you talked to I was me gonna say, it may not have worked I mean I did they I, had a friend who took the missionary discussions when I lived up in Merritt and he was dating a Mormon and really wanted to make it work, but he couldn't lie to himself about it. And I think he did talk mm-hmm. to me about it. And I was like encouraging, but at the same time, you got to do you like, but at the same time, I almost wonder <laughs> if you'd come to me and I was more chill about it. Would that have done the opposite to you? That's you already so had the faith in yeah. Jesus, but I mean, it's hard to know. You'll never know what. Yes, that is I true. I think just so having much. some so much in life like I was going to say earlier I think the biggest thing that I really respect in someone is actually like doubt I when I, someone is like 100% sure on anything whether it be like anything political unless it's like something truly horrendous like this polygamy is bad you can be sure on that <laughs> certain things well but, even you know, that like, I'm like you know what if they were all adults and all consenting it's like oh, <laughs> yeah, 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 like, Polly, I don't think it works most okay. of the time but it, it could theoretically and it shouldn't right. be restrictive to one man and lots of women it could go the other yeah, way. Yeah. Anyway, right. sorry, yeah. I didn't interrupt. I'm no, trying exactly. to get open-minded is all I'm saying. <laughs> this is the thing, and I'm trying to make sure I don't come across like this statement is weird, but I really enjoy people that are like open to ideas and just, I, one of the books that I was reading during the time when I was like really deconstructing faith was, it's called Insurrection by Peter Rollins. He's like a post, he calls it like, pyro theology like setting theology on fire but post like a deconstructed philosopher he's a philosopher anyway and he just talks about how believing is human and like doubting is divine in a way I mean how it's so easy to just believe what you're told is and but to question things and to not like kind of be like well I'm not sure about that I like 
I need to learn more. Anyway, I think that quality is a really great quality. But sorry, what was the original question? Well, you were, okay. So you were talking about, I was saying, oh, maybe you really liked it because you, Mm. they were so confident, but then you said you went, you were very close. You said you were pretty close to converting. You were talking to the missionaries. And they commit you to baptism by lesson four. And sometimes they'll do it the first time they meet you. Oh my goodness. Well, I've definitely heard those stories in the Christianity too, where like someone just gets this amazing like god moment like right off the bat and they're like let's just go find the ocean and baptize you right now or like getting I mean, baptized mormons have a, a lot of paperwork party. mormons have to do a lot There's of paperwork, paperwork. When they baptize someone so it's usually not that quick but they will commit you to do it and do it later that week when they have their paperwork and you have to go through interviews where oh if you had a gay relationship you have to confess to it and say i'll never do oh this my again god you have to do some of those interviews i was in leadership on my mission and yeah. It's okay. We've all done, I mean, like equivalent weird, like things I'm not proud of too. I think Sarah, I brought you to a party where people were trying to get as many people baptized in the, at the beach. Yeah, but I didn't, something. I didn't go, but you invited me. You're like, uh, yeah. this beach party. And then I didn't go. And then later I, and then later there were photos and they're like baptism. And I was like, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> that was the uh, part where I was starting to get like a beach party uh, well you're already in the water let me just push you in no. like Nacho um, Libre when he comes up with the bowl of water yeah. and just dunks his head in the water <laughs> oh my gosh I need to rewatch that one so good I was so close to getting baptized and I'm trying to remember what stopped. I was as a Mormon getting to get baptized I was not technically baptized as a Christian not that baptism to oh, anything I don't think yeah, no, I got baptized like a few years later, but what stopped it, I remember I was on a trip, another trip with them, this group of people, and I was like at the point where I'm like, I'm pretty much ready to announce it on this trip, <laughs> and you know what happened? I remember something weird, I guess, like I was sitting in one of the, one of the missionary meetings at church that we went to at this, wherever we, wherever we were, and I remember just feeling like, I do not believe any of this or something. It kind of just dawned on me. I'm like, what is is this? Maybe they're preaching on something super weird. I don't remember what it was exactly. When they separate women and men, they get their separate sermon. And I just remember looking over at my friend and like looking at her and like wanted to see if she like actually believed it. I'm like, girl, do you actually believe this? And I was just starting to not, no, it wasn't. I kind of having that real moment, like it came to this point on this trip and I'm like, I don't know if I actually believe this is maybe been, maybe I've been silly. And then I also remember getting a call that my grandpa was like on his deathbed. And I was like, oh my God, I like flew back and then my grandpa passed away. And I think that event, like my grandpa was like super worried about me and he he was such a great person and just being with him on his last days I kind of grounded me to come back to reality I think a little bit and but I came back to reality but I jumped into Christianity and I ended up finding this church like a really small church and the guy there also had the same experience as me like the pastor there had the exact same experience as me with Mormonism and he talked about it on a Sunday and I went up to him and I was like, dude, this just happened to me. 
And he was like, oh my gosh. And we became friends. And then I ended up being at that church for eight years as it like grew into a mega church. So that the next chapter was like the same sort of zealousness about, but about Christianity. It's, I can't let that bad zealousness go. I don't know where that came from, but. <laughs> yeah, it was better when yeah. we directed it towards Narnia, but. Yeah, uh, <laughs> and Harry Potter. But, I, yeah. I, but that was my, that was like how it ended anyway. the first part of the conversation thank you for listening um i i have to explain a little bit i cut out the part where we talked about how we were obsessed with narnia and it's very important that i embarrass gabby so she was obsessed with the guy who plays the younger brother in narnia edmund it was like a early 2000s version that was not very successful anyways there's a song that was like turkish delight and we listened to it while we ate turkish delight because that guy was cute <laughs> so yeah maybe maybe she's always had a little bit of that obsession bone in her but you know most teenage girls do uh, and there's nothing wrong with that teenage girls are the coolest so let's hang out again next week. I will tell you to subscribe because then you will get a notification. And also follow me on Instagram at sarah.jickling. Um, and don't forget to um, like yourself and love yourself. Oh dear. I'm trying to figure out an end to this podcast because I think I figured out the beginning and now I'm trying to figure out the end so I don't I don't know about <laughs> I don't I don't know how to end it <laughs> so we'll try something better next week but for now goodbye now I am a cautionary tale I need to be under supervision. I 